Hey everyone, this is Manny from Ombra Gaming. Before we start this episode, because it is the last of the month, I just wanted to give a huge thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash Gaming for another wonderful month of support. We appreciate it so, so much, and you guys are the reason that we are able to do what we do, and we thank you for it. So thank you to Tambo, Remy, Magnum, Horizons, the Hashtagonist, and of course, our buddy FaZe over at Patreon. So again, thank you guys so much. We appreciate your support. It really means the world to us. So again, thank you and enjoy the episode. Good day and welcome to episode 34 of the Umber Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and I'm here with Steve, and we are joined by a very special guest on this lovely Sunday evening, Miss Emily Barkus. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. very excited to join in today. Of course. We're excited that you're here with us as well. Yeah, we appreciate it. We're excited that you're here. We're going to have a great episode. Steven, good evening. Hello. Happy Sunday. You look great. Thank you. Good evening to you as well. You look well as as well. <laughs> Thank <laughs> really, you. Really good with words <laughs> on this Sunday night. Uh, yeah. No, you look like you had a day today. A lot of a lot of running around, a lot of I did have a day. A lot of horseplay as they as the kids say. I was very hungover this morning. Nice. So I decided oh that going outside and playing soccer for three hours in 90 degree heat was the best way to sweat it out and i regret it but you look great thank you it's thank true you. i concur y'all look smashing i appreciate your kind kind words so for today's episode of the Umber gaming podcast we have some exciting things to talk about the topic of today's podcast is the state of streaming so we're going to talk about uh, some of emily's experiences as a very avid streamer um, we're going to ask some questions and discuss some thoughts around the streaming universe um, we're going to talk about what the future might hold for streamers and yeah hopefully that'll be a great conversation uh, but to kick off the show we are going to play past the sticks which i always enjoy very much because i feel like i'm constantly cycling through games so always excited to talk about the new games we've been playing and then we will have patch notes where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. And then we will end the show with a community shout out, just like we always like to do. But before we get to any of that, even before we get to housekeeping, Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, what do you do? Where can people find you? What's your story? Yeah, so my name is Emily Barkis, spelled pretty straightforward, E-M-I-L-Y-B-A-R-K-I-S-S. Um, I'm a variety streamer and I multi-stream, which entails that you could find me pretty much on any website, which would include Mixer, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. So yeah, we, we have a lot of fun on there. We play a lot of FPS, MMOs, and RPGs, that kind of thing. So. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And you did a charity stream today. Tell us about that. I did. I did. I just got done, literally just got done with an eight-hour charity stream. Jesus. Um, it was my first one, but the family members really came through. They were absolutely fantastic, showing so much support. So that's really awesome. proud of them for that. Very cool. Well, that's really, really great. Yeah, as someone who has, who's seen a lot of your streams and enjoys your content very much, I'm excited that you're here to tell us a little bit more about what it's like behind the scenes for you. 
also the family is a great name for like it's your such community. A good name. Like I tried Thank to get you. like ombres to stick, but it really didn't. It didn't last very long. We need we need like a good like That's community true. nickname. Yeah. Yeah, we added an F in front of my first name and we called it a day. And I think one of I'm pretty sure one of the family members themselves came up with that, and it just it stuck. And we we haven't called it anything else ever since. So yeah, I'm gonna put this charge out there to our community. Think of a, a clever nickname for the community. I would really like to yeah. see what some of them come up with. I imagine they'll get really creative. That's some branding 101 there from Emily. So take a page out of her book. So before we actually kick off the show, let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. You can find us at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter and at Ombra gaming on Instagram. You can also find us on twitch so we are at twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming where we stream almost every single day of the week i will be streaming uh this evening i'm replacing my joy cons on my nintendo <laughs> switch so i'm tearing them apart and i'm putting on new housing 60 percent chance i'm gonna break them entirely but we will cross that bridge when we get to it so the catch is he has to listen to the commenters and stream chat to figure out what his next move will be so it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be a community effort to put these yeah, together yeah we'll see so by the time people listen to this, I will either have some awesome new Joy-Cons for my Switch or I won't have any Joy-Cons for my Switch. <laughs> Overall, a good learning experience, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to find us on Twitch, you can find us again. That's twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming. We would love to have you in our streams and come hang out with us. On a similar vein, if you want to hang out with us in our Discord, where we have a wonderful group of people chatting about video games and nerd culture all day long, and often into the evening hours and into the night as well, you can find the invite to our Discord on our Twitter bio. Uh, if you want to hang out with our community, come on in. We would love to have you, unless you're racist, in which case we don't want to have you. That's, that's a good point. We have. Next up on housekeeping, you can also call in and share your thoughts. If you want to talk to us about an episode of the podcast, something that popped into your mind while you were listening to this episode, or an article or anything else gaming news related, feel free to give us a ring at 347-509-5620. Let us know what you think, and, and maybe we'll even play your message on the podcast. Also, you can find us and support us at Patreon. I always almost say patreon.tv. That's not the website. That's not how it goes. If you want to help us grow and if you want to support us in a very real way... You can find us at patreon.com slash gaming, where every single dollar will go right back into the show and help make this the very best gaming podcast it can possibly be. So again, we have a wonderful group of patrons there, but if you want to join those patrons and help us really, really grow and, and you know just get better equipment and go on trips and do exclusive interviews and all those rad things that we want to do, you can help us do exactly that at patreon.com slash gaming. And that's all I got for housekeeping for now. There's a couple more announcements that I'm going to do at the end of the show because they are very exciting, uh, but we'll save that for the end. So with that out of the way, the house is nice and clean. Let's get on with the show. It's time for Pass the Sticks, where we go around the group and we talk about the games we've been playing recently. So why don't we start with Emily as our guest. What have you been playing recently? That would be absolutely Overwatch. It is been a ridiculous addiction for me and i'm not even that good i'm not even that good i don't understand it but i can literally play 12 hours of the game without even blinking we actually played easily like three hours today and i probably would have played the whole eight hours during the charity stream of yeah. that game if it wasn't for people in the chat being like hey how about we uh, venture off a little bit and you know <laughs> stare at something else 
So, you know, Diva, Mora, Sim, those are my girls. Those are my girls. I feel like I like hear the voice emotes in real life and I like use the GG and all these different things in real life. It's like it's it's become it's become quite the addiction, you guys. It's real. Yeah. It's very real. <laughs> I love Overwatch as well. Similar to you. I'm not that good, but I just enjoy playing it. There's some days where I get streaky and I and I play well, or there's some days where I get streaky and I'm horrible all day long. But yeah love overwatch yeah i definitely i get lucky but then there's other days like i'm like rage quitting within two two games i'm like nope nope not today i love you overwatch but you're not being very nice to me today yeah when you know you just know that it's not gonna go your way steve on the other hand he's played it once or twice maybe thrice no it's been more than once or twice i play like maybe once every other month that's that's like that's kind of like what I'm on right now. Eventually, I get like the itch. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll hop around as Farrah for a bit, and that, that'll be that. Yeah. You also play really well as uh, Arisa. I think you make a very good Arisa. Yeah, it's just throwing uh, shields yeah. down. That's pretty much that. Dropping them the shields. Shield. Just yeah. drop the a bunch shield's of shields. so important. Yeah. Support just throw class, shields dude. all day. So uh, you've been playing Overwatch. What else? What's another, one other game that you've been playing a lot of recently? Um, Smite. Nice. It's a free okay. game. It's yeah. actually my first MOBA I've played. And it, I actually can credit it for being the reason why I started Overwatch in general. Because when I first started streaming, again, like I, I started streaming on uh, my PS4 and was, it was always Smite. And I played a lot of Aphrodite on Smite. And someone was like, hey, if you like Aphrodite, I guarantee you're going to like Mercy, which I'm actually quite terrible at Mercy. But uh, definitely, that's definitely one of those top games that I've been dreaming about. I think Remy, one of our one of the guys from our community, is really into Smite as well. But yeah, I've heard good. Th- I haven't dabbled myself, but I've heard really good things. So maybe I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I mean it's free, so there's nothing really to lose there. Right, except for time, and I've except got for time, loads indeed. of that apparently. Nice. Well, as is tradition, uh, we have to ask you: Who would you like to pass the sticks to, Steve or this lovely gentleman? I'm gonna go ahead and pass it to indeed the lovely gentleman. Thank you. That's so kind. You're, you're a Sorry, lovely Steve. guest. You're quite lovely, too. <laughs> Steve is... You set that up nicely for yourself. Yeah. Oh, this, I'm this... like, old Steve here or this awesome person? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus uh, A leading stack... question, I think that was. Stack Objection, cards. leading. <laughs> um, a couple games I've been playing recently include FIFA 18. I love FIFA. I play it very much, but... I didn't get FIFA 18 until recently, mostly because Cristiano Ronaldo's on the cover, and I don't like that man. But they recently introduced the World Cup mode, which is just exciting. As, a, as someone who enjoys soccer very much, <clears throat> it's exciting to play that tournament in a video game. But at the same time, it's like the exact same mechanics and the exact same game. They just hold up a different shaped cup when they win, and that's pretty much it. So I've been playing some of that. Overwatch, also on, on PS4. I love Overwatch. Play with the Overlads. That's the group of friends we've dubbed ourselves the Overlads. Do you still um, just like, cling like to that. Soldier seventy six? I don't. I I actually don't like Soldier anymore. If wow. I'm being totally honest, that's, a, that's yeah. impressive. You you yeah. really loved him. That was, it was yeah. a little, little startling. I think well, Soldier's underrated because well, he can self heal. He can sprint out of the way. Exactly, and and so he's just like a good on ramp into the game. Like as a new player, I played him when I first started playing. Um, just because like his mechanics aren't too much to wrap your head around, but I I play a lot of Farah now. I'd say I'm a Farah main. I like Reaper. I like getting in people's faces and like popping in and out and using you know the teleport to piss people off. And um, but I would say ninety percent Farah. Um, I'm sure Reese is gonna look at my stats on 
PlayStation Network and call <laughs> in and like be like, no, actually, you, you're only 70% Farah or something. I don't know. Reese, please do this. Please yeah. hunt please. down his stats. <laughs> um, so I've been playing some of that. Mario Tennis Aces on Switch just came out two days ago, and it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's everything I wanted it to be. So I've been playing a lot of that. I've um, seen I've a little some... stink about the adventure mode on that. What are your thoughts? I love the adventure mode. I've heard actually. it's I've heard it's frustrating at times to the it's point frustrating. of not being fun. It's frustratingly hard sometimes, but it's just a matter of like getting your reaction times quick enough. Like if you can stay in the middle of the court and like as long as you go in the right direction, like you're fine. So it's just like like if you play late at night and you're tired and your reactions are going to be slower, then you're probably not going to have a great time. I I really like the adventure mode. My biggest gripe nice. about it is, however, playing online, there is a significant amount of lag, which is just so frustrating. For a company, I was talking to Reese about it, and we were like, for a company like Nintendo that produces such quality games and such amazing experiences, it's like they throw function out the window with like the amazing experiences, you know? But other than that, it's great. I, I enjoy it very much. And what else? I guess that's kind of it. Yeah, no, that that's pretty much it as of as of recently. So I'm going to pass the sticks to you, Steve. What have you been playing? I've actually been playing a few different games. Uh, on PlayStation, I've been uh, dabbling around with Far Cry 3 Classic. That was kind of the only reason I actually paid for all the DLC with Far Cry 5 was so I could actually have a chance to finally get a chance to um, get my hands on 3. And, and how, do you, how do you like it? Because that's my favorite Far Cry. It's enjoyable. It's definitely taking a couple of steps back gameplay-wise. I mean, that's, I mean, that goes without saying. You're playing a PS3 360 game now. The story's good. It's definitely better than the last two, like four and five. I'm still relatively early because I kind of got sidetracked, like hunting, because I just hunted as much as I could early on so I could get three gun slots or whatever, just like rank up all my stuff. But I'll, I'll definitely go back to that much more and actually finish off and play through that whole story. But what, what's been sucking up a lot of my time recently is the original Quantic Dream game, Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy. Oh, yeah. It was like yeah. two bucks on Steam. So I picked it up. And let me tell you, it is absolutely hilarious. It's the most like early 2000s cliche movie style game you could ever imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Especially with Cage behind the wheel. Yeah, there's one scene where, because you control three different people. You control this guy, Lucas, who at the beginning of the game, the first scene is him getting like possessed and he kills some dude in a bathroom. So that's how the whole thing starts. <laughs> and let me tell you, I fucked that up. Like, I left so much evidence in that bathroom, I just didn't even think about it. Like, yeah. I tried to mop up and then you play as this detective Carla and she comes in to investigate and it's just like, wow, that's weird. Why did he try to clean up the murder scene? Because he left his handprints all over the mop. I was like, shit, I did do that. That was a stupid idea to do that. I didn't pick up the knife. I left that there. So there's just, and then like, I went to walk out. Handprints and knives, clothes. <laughs> I went to walk out of the diner and there's a cop sitting at the, the bar. And so as I go to walk out, the waitress is like, hey, you didn't pay. And so I look back. So the cop clearly sees who I am. Like I left so much evidence. <laughs> They still haven't found me. I'm like, I'm like three hours into this game. They still haven't found me yet. Well, I guess that's like a good thing because it shows that in real life, you wouldn't be a good killer. I, so guess, I guess not. Yeah. I'll something take, to brag about. I'll take that with me. Um, but it's just super cliche. Like one of the, one of the cops that you play is this guy, Tyler. 
And one of the scenes, he walks by like the most cliche New York style cop of all time. He's got like a cigarette in his ear and an earring on his other ear. He's like, hey, Tyler, you owe me a hundred dollars. And then Tyler's like, how about I play you in b-ball? Double or nothing. And so they play basketball in the middle of winter for double or nothing. Oh my God. Because I just pictured David Cage like, that's what Americans do. That's how they settle their differences. They play (laughs) b-ball in the middle of winter. In New York, that's how they settle conflict. (laughs) And not only this was the middle of winter, they played till 10. Like no pickup basketball game has ever been played till 10. It's like 11, 15, 21. Usually an odd number. <laughs> They're like, let's play some b-ball. First one to one point wins. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so absurd. Like, it's just so full of cliches. That's really funny. Um, and then when I'm I'm not trying to laugh my ass off at bad movie cinema games, I guess that's like the, the genre I have to put it in. It's just like CBS movie of the week, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. be like, starring Joe Montana. <laughs> yeah. But then I've been playing West of Loathing on the Switch, and that game is just such a delight. It's just like the stick figure RPG side-scrolling, and it's um, turn-based combat. But it's so much fun. The dialogue is so witty and creative, and I unlocked this perk very early on called Stupid Walking. And so every time my guy goes to walk, he just either, like, walk on his hands or he'll, like, crawl like a snake or he'll roll across or sometimes he'll ice skate across. (laughs) And, like, every time it happens, it just gets, like, a little chuckle out of me. I love it. Yeah, I heard, like, the comedic, like, writing in that game is really good. Yeah, I'll I'll end up with just one example of it. Like, you go, uh, you do something for somebody. Oh, no, like, somebody does something for you and you're like, oh, thank you. And the guy goes, don't mention it. And then you get two options to respond is one is mention it and one's don't mention it. So I just kept hitting mention it. I was like, really, man? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. He's like, no, seriously, man, you don't have to mention it. And he's just like, mention it again. (laughs) So I just kept mentioning it. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That sounds I like that very games goofy. Are like, I feel like more games are turning that corner. Even Mario Tennis Aces, some of the dialogue is like really, really funny. Yeah. Because um, it's like Toad and Mario going on this adventure and like some of their reactions are just really witty and like act- I'm like actually like laughing loudly at them. So I definitely appreciate games like that. Um, That's a good nice. one. Well, I, I recommend picking that up. It's uh, yeah. I think it was like 11 bucks. It's such a fun one to kind of like kill time with. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely need more games for the Switch. So I'll take yeah. a look at that one. It's just such a joyous little piece of hardware. I always forget that it's touchscreen too. Like I Same. always All forget it's touchscreen. <laughs> Yeah. This yeah. is me just remembering that it's touchscreen. <laughs> yeah, See? I saw your face I, and I was I've, like, she I forgot it I haven't used a touchscreen that much. Not all. And it's, you know, like, yeah. I'm excited just to have it. And then, like, the excitement happens all over again when I realize, oh, my God, it's touchscreen, too. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. The Switch is fantastic. Everybody go get a Switch. In fact, everyone who's listening to this episode, you all get free Switches. <laughs> Courtesy of Matt Martinez. He's not here today, but trust me, he's interested yeah. in sponsoring he's, Switches he's for He's actually all. out buying all the Switches for you guys. So yeah, that's what he's um, doing. message him on Discord and give him your address and he'll send you your Switch. Um, Seems legit. Yeah, totally legit. Totally above board. Uh, cool. So that was Past the Sticks, where we go around and chat about the games we've been playing recently. It sounds like we have our hands full with some great games. So let's move on to the topic of the podcast, which, like I mentioned earlier, is all about streaming. Um, So we're going to talk about some of the trends we see happening in streaming, whether that's on Twitch or Mixer or Periscope or what have you. Um, We'll talk about what the future might hold for streaming in the next coming, you know, in the coming months and years, what changes we might see happen. We'll talk a little bit about the communities that we've seen sort of built around streamers. And of course, we'll ask Emily some fantastic questions. So before we, you know, dive too deep, let's just get a sense of how you, Emily, got into streaming. So sort of tell us your story of how it all started. So it all started with the PS4. 
and a brand new TV. This was Black Friday sale. Otherwise, I would never have been able to afford the two at the same time. So it was a very exciting moment. And I start off the PS4, and lo and behold, there is an application called Twitch. And according to the name, no, I have no idea what that is. I don't think anyone would actually know unless they clicked right. into it or just heard of it before. So I clicked it and I'm like, okay, obviously PS4 has it on here for a reason. And it's just my screen pretty much filled with just like video gamers and live video games. And I'm just like, what? What is all this? <laughs> yeah. It was like opening a chest, like a loot box, right? Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. look at all these games you can watch, even if you're not home and playing them yourselves. So literally by accident, I stumbled onto Twitch and it was like, oh, you can broadcast your gameplay. And I was at the time playing a lot of Fallout 4, doing a lot of like settlement building. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think my interior design and decorating is pretty fabulous. I think this needs to be shared with the world. <laughs> so uh, press start. And it's is history ever since. Like I had no idea about the community, but they were very welcoming. And obviously we had a lot to talk about considering it's a website basically just for gamers, but of course there's artists and other people, so on and so forth. But I really like that story because it's it's like so serendipitous. It's like you had little context around what not only Twitch was, but what streaming was generally, you know. I think that is really cool. For me, I was in the middle. I had just finished Dark Souls 3 and I was uh, heading into the office and I was like, man, I wish I didn't have to work and I could play more Dark Souls and I was like, you know what? The next best thing is probably watching somebody else play Dark Souls. And I logged on to Twitch or, you know, made an account and searched Dark Souls. And I found uh, our friend Richard, a.k.a. Toot Loot Riot, playing some Dark Souls. And we've been buds ever since. And he's a wonderful part of our community. And so, like, similarly, I was just like, I don't know what this is. We're going to check it out. And it has grown to be a big part of my life as well. And now Steve streams as well. And it's just like a whole big happy family we got going on. That's funny that you mentioned Toot Loot. Because wasn't he on one of your podcasts? He was, yeah. He, he was, was on episode two, I think. Three. It was back. It was way back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember listening to that. And actually, um, him and I, we also interact a lot in the community as well. I'll show That's support awesome. in his Discord, and he'll come and show support in mine. Yeah. And he, I can, I can, I can say he's a cool dude for sure. Oh, he's a, he's like the best. He's the best dude. I love that guy. He's um, such a swell he's, human being. He's proof positive that there are like amazing, wonderful people in in the Twitch world. Um, shout out to him yeah to shout out to you we love you richard so yeah i guess what we want to do now is sort of like let's ask emily a couple questions steve why don't you why don't you go first what questions do you have for a streaming professional you kind of caught me off guard i wasn't expecting to go first but i got one, I got one. <laughs> i'll uh, certainly answer them to the best of my ability <laughs> so i know uh, one of the big things that's going on with streaming is like the exclusivity they get to new releases where obviously just like games media companies will get early copies so that way they can write reviews so are these big name streamers they're getting these copies in advance um, so obviously they're not paying for them and they're kind of promoting them on their streams do you kind of see that as more influential on how a gamer is going to I guess make the decision whether or not to shell out 60 bucks for a new release so do you think that the streamers have more influence than the game's journalists at this point oh yeah absolutely because first of all you have a credible source if you're following a channel you most likely like the person like what they stand for like their opinions especially in regards to games 
And so when you have a credible, credible source kind of up talking a game being like, hey, I really like this. And first you see first person that like you see the gameplay, how well it runs. You can see certain aspects of the game that you enjoy personally. So, I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, there's only so much you can see in a commercial. But when you see the actual gameplay, because I know with E3, that's what a lot of people were looking forward to was gameplay and just uh, trailers of it. So when you have a full live stream of it, it's just and then, you know, the the streamer goes offline and most likely the, the game or the viewer is going to be like, hey, I want to see more of this. I want to be able to, you know, make these certain decisions either the same or differently than what I was just watching in the game. So. I think it has a huge impact, absolutely, and uh, I think it's more likely to stay in the uh, viewer's mind longer rather than seeing a commercial fly by in their uh, on their TV. So definitely, yeah, and I think like it's such an easy way. Like I could read reviews until I pass out, right? But like it's such an easy way to like get a really good view of the game and like to establish an opinion, right? Like if I want to know whether or not I want to spend sixty dollars on a game. I'm going to watch a Twitch stream. I'll read a couple reviews, of course, but like I'll just go to Twitch and find somebody playing it and I'll be like, okay, cool. This meets my expectations or this is disappointing or whatever. And I'll make a decision. So, um, yeah, I think that's like one of the best sort of perks of having Twitch around as a consumer. I, I think it's like, for me, it's a combination of both. Um, uh, I, I use an example of metal gear survive because I feel like that was going to get negative reviews regardless of how well the game played. I think that there was already a perception of it when it was announced and when we all saw what it was and just because it has the name Metal Gear attached to it, there was this expectation that it wasn't going to be a good game. So with something like that, I did read the reviews, but on the day it came out, I was watching streams of it because I wanted to kind of give it a chance in the sense that I understood the whole survival aspect. Like, like that, some, that would have been something that maybe could have appealed to me, so I wanted to see it in action. And I think without actually being able to sit down and watch somebody stream like a good couple hours of it so I could see a lot of the little mechanics that came into play I wouldn't have been able to pick that up in a review whether it's a video review a written review not enough words or visuals on however like four and a half minutes are usually those video reviews so not enough visuals in that little time frame would show me what I was able to see by watching a stream so I think they're kind of at the point now where they're more influential than even your most well-respected reviewers yeah you know emily to your point about like if you're watching a streamer you you already have an affinity towards their content or their personality or what they stand for etc cetera, etc cetera. so like you can trust their view on the game because you have that established like rapport right rather than like reviewer xyz that i don't know from whatever company ign or whatever like i don't know what their track record is of talking about these kinds of games i don't know if they mostly focus on rpgs or mmos or whatever so yeah, it's good to like establish that trust with a streamer and check out what they have to say in comparison to what reviewers have to say and, and publications. A question that I had is what are the, the challenges that you face as, as as a streamer, whether it's like getting excited to stream or the is it a community thing sometimes? Like I'd love to know like in your experiences, like what were the things that you had to that you were faced by and had to sort of overcome? Uh, I would definitely say for the days that, you know, a lot of times you should be pretty excited, you should be pretty pumped, but there's not always going to be those days. And sometimes to get to the momentum and press start and put yourself out there is is going to be tough. It really is. And then, I mean, also there's challenges technology wise. I mean, goodness gracious, I've had so many roadblocks because my audio wasn't working, my internet wasn't working, the setup just wasn't going well. 
you got electronic issues, you have sometimes motivational issues. I mean, for you know, you're working eight hours a day and the last thing you want to do is like put yourself in front of a camera and yeah. like, you know, sometimes like paste on a smile and whatever. But in reality, you just got to remember, it's like, it's not, it's not a performance, really. It's, it's you like hanging out with your, with your community and like, kind of like touching base with them. And you can be honest with them. It doesn't, you don't always have to be like hunky dory. You can be like, Hey, I had this kind of day. I just wanted to check in with you guys and see how you guys were doing. And you know, if you really create the right community and you really, you know, really attract the right community, they will be more than understanding. And most likely they've had quite the day, too. So it kind of just opens doors to like really create a hangout situation rather than like I'm in front of this camera. I'm going to do a dab here to make you guys laugh. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't have to always be a performance. It's it's hard to remember that, you know, it's like sometimes I feel like I have to be super animated and something that like I, i'm considering myself a chill streamer and you know i think there's a lot of a lot of people who appreciate just like the genuineness of even if you are having a slow day so i don't know i think there's a, a lot of value in if you're having one of those days to not kind of put on like that fake let's go attitude and just be like honest with your community because like you said if you built the community that you were kind of aiming for and the one that you're comfortable in then for all you know is, you know, you being honest saying, you know, I'm not having the best day. Maybe someone in your community is also not having the best day. And then that leads to a productive conversation where you kind of, you kind of both cheer each other up almost. Yeah. And it's also a challenge to like, a lot of people will tell you like Fortnite is the most popular game, stream the, like stream the most popular games, do this. And at one point you want to like conform to that. You want to be like, okay, I know this will grow my channel, but are you really attracting the people that you want at that point? Why not? You have to play the games that you really like because you'll attract those people that like the same games. And, you know, it's it's really hard not to conform to what's popular. You, you really have to just stick with what's genuinely what you like and oh yeah again. let me let me tell you i've had no problem not conforming to fortnite <laughs> let <laughs> yeah, me tell you same. something about that <laughs> i'm okay with not conforming to fortnite yeah i'm just, i'm just not that good at it but just an example because we all you know we all know it's a really popular game it's a free game so and anyone could pretty much get access to it but uh yeah that's really challenging especially when you have a slow day it's like wow maybe Maybe I should be like dabbing and like running around the room and like being like the dancing monkey or something for a lack of better words. I don't know. But yeah, and it's I don't know. It's like it's interesting because one of the slowest days you have the most support. And that's what that's what really gives me energy. Not not like the millions of chatters and not like the millions of views. It's like I don't know if that answered question. I think I did. Like, yeah, absolutely. With. No, for sure. I mean, like, I think that's such a relatable it's such a relatable challenge to face because like sometimes you don't feel motivated at work. Sometimes you don't feel motivated in all these different ways. And that bleeds over into streaming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, it's just like a very, yeah, it's a very relatable challenge. And so I think that'll, that's like good value to hear your insight on that. Yeah. Cause um, I relate very, very much to the whole, like, man, I don't know what game I want to stream. Like so many times I'm just like, man, I, I can't pick which one. I don't think any of them are going to be like that entertaining or like, I don't think I'm going to be that into it. I think my dog is making all types of noise right now. <laughs> um, it's okay. So, like, do you ever have like a do you ever have like a go to game that you just kind of save on the shelf for like, man, I can't find anything I want to stream today, but I know I can always have a fun time playing, you know, like this one game. Do you have one of those? 
I mean, that has to be Fallout, only because I can play that game in so many different ways. I can play that game as a first-person shooter. I could play it as, like, a Sims kind of thing because they have the settlement building. And, like, you best believe I have a settlement with all matching outfits, and their their housing looks pristine. Pristine. Yeah. When you mentioned, like, that's how you got started with streaming, all I could think of was, like, this post-apocalyptic house flipper show on, like, TLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that's how you get started Hey, I'm Emily Barkus, and today we're going to flip that house. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's exactly how my stream started when I first started streaming to Twitch. It was just like, oh, what do you guys think of this picture frame here? And what do you think of this? And uh, we got to give this guy a big old shotgun. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so... It, this that game because i can play it so many different ways that's definitely my go-to so sort of changing gears and looking to the future what are some trends that and this is sort of open to both steve and emily um what are some trends that you kind of see developing or you see might start to sort of take shape in the in the coming years uh because i think streaming and and i guess right now most i guess most aggressively on twitch but it's getting it's getting way more notoriety it's getting way more visibility than it has in the past um i mean like the obvious you know sort of landmark moments were like ninja and drake and even the negative negativity and and the uh all that shit that happened with dr disrespect you know that was huge news and there's a lot of sort of bleed over now not to mention the fact that it's owned by one of the biggest tech companies in the world so um yeah how do you see that how do you see streaming generally speaking, sort of evolving in the in the coming years? I It's definitely become, I mean, what is pop culture? It's popular culture. And you say Drake, he's considered like a pop artist, if you will, you know, rap, whatever. But it's literally, that's what it's become. It's become a culture that's very popular and very prominent in today's society. And I mean, you have schools forming esports, and I think they're just, it's getting a lot more attention and there's a lot more value with streaming now. Um, I mean, for example, uh, I know, the Twitch website has a lot of esports going on, like Overwatch League. That's become huge. And I'm seeing a lot more leagues and a lot more uh, just like conventions happening with like big prizes. And like it's it's pretty significant. And it's it's I I can imagine that that industry is only going to get bigger. Well, like, yeah, sure. when on PAX East, the what was a Thursday night before PAX East really like got going at one of the bars in Boston. They had they basically rented out the entire place and had an Overwatch party and the, the, yeah, pay, the place just was showed up absolutely and... packed and it was like you were at a live sporting event. It was insane. It was also kind of funny because that night it was across the street from the uh, the TD Garden, which is like a huge concert venue in Boston as well. And that night there was a Justin Timberlake show. Yes, there was. And so a weird earlier, combination of people. Yeah, and so like <laughs> I was there before everyone showed up. I had like sort of reserved a table and I was like locking it down for all of our friends to join us and so I was watching like all these like teens and their moms like coming in like eating before the Justin Timberlake show and then there's like a really weird transition of like teens leaving to the show and then like Overwatch players showing up and it was just like clash of cultures kind of at this little it was like a microcosm at this bar but yeah I mean I think it's becoming you're right Emily it's becoming like a, a household name almost and I think in the same vein as like you know cord cutters right like not a lot of people have cable boxes anymore especially like folks in our generation we are pivoting more towards like Netflix and um, like Roku and all that shit so I think this is just part of that too and I think it's going to become another like very like just a very common form of media because I think the phenomenon of watching other people do shit whether it's video games or 
cooking, uh, you know, IRL streams or what have you, I think it's only going to grow because it's it's just interesting to like get a little window into somebody else's world and life and see them do what they like to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've always said that if I'm staring at a screen, because I know a lot of people like talk to me about shows and I end up not being able to relate because I don't watch a lot of shows, but I'm staring at a screen because I'm playing video games versus shows. So when you bring up like Netflix and stuff like that, that's on demand. Streaming is like the most on demand thing that you could possibly, you know, you can flip through a bunch of channels that, you know, are considerate of your favorite game, for example. And, you know, I, I think I'd much rather uh, watch video games rather than a TV show. And I think there's a lot, a lot of new generations coming into uh, pop culture that would say the same thing. They're not really watching as many TV shows as they are playing video games. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And like, especially like the I think chat is such a central part of streaming and so like especially now with like low latency mode right like chat is almost instantaneous with the people who are on the other side of that camera so it's like watching a tv show that you can speak with the hosts or speak with the actors you know what I mean and that show is happens to be about the shit you love more than anything else you yeah, know so yeah, it's like very interactive yeah it's like a direct feed into the things that make us happy and and we enjoy um, yeah, and watching. it's nice because when I don't know something about my own video game, oh, like, not, that doesn't happen very often, but I can go ahead and be like, hey, chat, can you like give me a little spoiler hint here? And I, you know, they've been very helpful with that. So very interactive. It's 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 a lot of fun overall. Just I, I honestly don't know what it's lacking at this point. Like what more can you need is like entertaining entertaining content and interactive you know you're hanging out with a bunch of people i just yeah i do worry that like they're going like you know amazon and twitch i think they're going to look at the platform they're they're going to say what else can we do with this and so i'm worried that they're just going to add a bunch of shit oh they definitely will and like they're just going to make it much more noisy when like at its core it just needs to be an interactive experience it doesn't have to have all these bells and whistles i mean it's easily i can easily see NFL games being played on Twitch. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's happening. If not this year, then definitely next year. Cause they've already, they've already done like live streaming on like Yahoo and, sh- and shit like that. So it's not just the NFL, but I feel like, cause you see a ton of people who do like talk shows on Twitch as well. Like kind of funny does it all the time. And then like a, a ton of other podcasts will do it as well because it gives you not only the live atmosphere of a talk show, but it also gives you instant interactivity with the chat. So like you can use chat to spring conversations for your very own show. So it's only a matter of time before actual TV shows start doing this as well. Yeah. That's true. Plus it's just super accessible. Like, yeah, exactly. You don't even Everybody have to have it. a camera to do it. You know what I mean? You just need to have a, an internet connection and, or a game console. You know what I mean? Like it's very accessible for people to get into which can't really be said about other forms of media and other forms of um, entertainment. Yeah, you, know? you can't just, like, start being a weatherman. Like, that, that's not how that <laughs> that's works. true. You Although you could, stuff. like, just look outside and be like, it's, it's raining. It's raining today. It actually yeah. is raining right now. 10% so, yeah. chance it's already raining right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, no, no, you're right, though. It's really blurring the lines between viewers and content creators. Like, they can they can be both. And Absolutely. It's easy to, so that's nice. Yeah, and it's also like it's in a good way. It's like making, and and I think there's a negative side. I think there are some maybe bad role models on Twitch and Mixer and all these platforms. But I think there's also some like really good role models. People like to loot. People like um, a lot of the folks we have in our community, and you know, people in the family as well. I think 
you know, when we were at PAX, I we happened we were at a Bethesda Day event, and I saw one of my favorite Twitch streamers and YouTube personalities, and I like almost wet myself with excitement, and we ended ah. up just like chatting with him, and um, I foolishly offered to buy him a drink, and he's like, "Dude, I get free drinks," and I was like, "Okay," <laughs> um, but he was yeah, it was awesome, and so I think like in in a really cool way, it's like it's it's creating these like call it like mini celebrities who are just like us you know what i mean like i fucking love drake i've been I, you know but I, i'm nothing like him and i will never be anything like him whereas like there's a lot of streamers that i love and i can relate to them and i can play the same games as them um so i think that's really cool too like having that sort of connectivity between consumers and, and the actual entertainers and content creators yeah, it, was, it was funny how you're talking about like role models how there are not well, I don't want to just outright and say there's not the best role models, but there are great role models. And it's funny because like I'll be I'll be losing in a game like over and over and over. And like, for example, this is Overwatch and I'll lose, 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 even though I've poured so many hours into this game. And it's like by now I should be like an expert. Right. But I never lose my cool. And everyone's like, how are you not like actually rage quitting? So it's kind of like it kind of it's a nice way to show um, temperaments, I guess, temperament. And just uh, patience and, um, yeah, yeah. I like to consider myself a good role model for that. Watch me in my next stream. I totally lose it and, like, flip the She's table. She's like, fuck this game. <laughs> I hate everything about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, like, I look at a guy like Ninja, right, and he's not without his faults, but it's, I think somebody like him is a great face of video games. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather a person like him, a person like you, a person like Toot Loot, break the mold and and dispel the myths of what gamers are right because i think there's still a lot of negative connotations and there's shitty stigmas that come with <clears throat> being a video gamer and yeah, so i sure. i love the fact that there's a lot of content creators and a lot of streamers that can actually change that public perception because it needs to be changed thanks thanks for giving us a good name emily we appreciate hey. it <laughs> well uh emily we appreciate your insight that was really cool and again everyone who's listening fucking go check emily's streams out because they're fantastic maybe one day you'll see me rage but maybe yeah so let's keep the show going it's time for the segment where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke ladies and gentlemen this is patch notes so this is patch notes 6.24.18 steve why don't you kick it off all right, so what I have, it's not even, like, a news article. It's more just, like, <laughs> crazy Death Stranding theories that were sprung from a Russian tweet. So you're going to have so to reliable. bear with me here. This is from Polygon by Petrana Raldovich. Death Stranding sleuths decode hidden musical message in E3 trailer. So basically what happened is they figured out that when Lindsay Wagner's character pops up in the trailer uh, from E3, she's wearing this necklace. And they, at first, were saying, well, this is actually just uh, a form of kipu, which was like um, a form of expression used by tying knots. And then eventually, that got debunked and was believed to be like uh, this Russian song. I don't know. It was it's, it's very out there. It's so out there. So this guy from Russia, he interpreted it that it was a song lyric for the song Low Roar, Give Me an Answer. And Low Roar does the soundtrack for Death Stranding. So, like, all this started to tie together. And there's a music video for Give Me an Answer. And the director of the music video, Dylan Marco Bell, actually told Paper Magazine that Death Stranding heavily inspired the music video. 
So that means watching the video is supposed to give you some insight into what Kojima's thinking. So I watched this video. I still don't have <laughs> any more insight into Kojima's fucked up mind. It takes place where there's this gentleman driving three people and they go to this shady motel. The guy who's driving the car gets out of the car, stands outside of it the entire time, smoking a cigarette, flipping a nickel, being cool guy. The other three people go into a motel room. They draw straws. One person goes into the bathroom, looks at himself in the mirror, and then goes up to this machine that causes the lights to flicker and everything to go crazy. And the other two people in the motel room look like they're in like some type of agony or something's bugging them. That person vanishes. The next person goes in, same thing, looks in the mirror, goes to the machine, and the machine has like these black strands hanging out of it very much like we've seen in the Death Stranding trailers with like the little black strings hanging down. And so the girl goes in it and like she is, I, I don't know, it's tough to tell, but like when she's in it, like there's this black sludge like being dumped over her head and like the lights are flicking her and then like the last guy in the motel room is freaking out. He's banging on the door trying to get her to get out. And then he eventually just leaves the motel altogether, doesn't go in to fuck with the machine. And he just gets in the car and the guy who was outside smoking, flicking a nickel, just gets in the driver's seat and drives off. And so this just leaves me with so many more questions as to like, it makes me think like the whole theory of kind of floating between like universes or floating between realities or life and death is all what this game is. And like, you're either trying to get back to one side or you're just trying to stay in one side. I don't know. All I know is, the more theories we're allowed to have, the crazier we all go, and Kojima just keeps us in the palm of his hand, laughing like a little boy, and I, I'm sick of it. I want answers to Deo. It's too much. If you're listening to this, and I know you're listening to this because you're the number one Ober Gaming podcast fan in the whole world. We all know it. We've seen the postcards. So, Hideo, if you're listening to this, tell me what the fuck this game is about before I lose my mind. Or as maybe maybe Low Roar would say, give me an answer. Give me a fucking Hideo, answer. Hideo Kojima. <laughs> yeah. No, I tried to write an article about Death Stranding, and I got about halfway through before my brain shut down, and I just, I couldn't, it just melted me. So. Yeah. My mind up. was blown, like, 10 minutes into the, the story. I was like, what? Yeah. I, yeah. No one knows. There's no a whole lot knows. of what? Yeah. That's basically how everyone reacts to Hideo's, Hideo Kojima's work and anything adjacent to it. And everybody keeps um, saying that the ending twist is like the biggest ending twist in video game history. It's like, how the fuck do people know this ending twist? And who do I have yeah, to, what? Like, what do I have to do to figure it out? Like somebody yeah. tell me. Uh, so I have some news from Nintendo and Microsoft. So uh, this is coming from a Polygon article from Ben Kuchera. Uh, the headline reads, Nintendo and Microsoft team up in surprising Minecraft ad. Sony left out. <laughs> so I'm going to read a little bit from it here. Uh, the commercial for the latest Nintendo Switch update for Minecraft, which allows con which allows cross-platform play, uh, does something that may be a first for the modern gaming industry. It promotes a competitor's console in a positive way. Seeing the Xbox and Switch logos together in a single commercial released on Nintendo's official YouTube channel is surreal, which makes Sony's decision to not allow cross-platform play look even worse. So this is like coming right off the heels of the whole PlayStation Fortnite Switch debacle in which obviously PlayStation being the angry child who doesn't want to share its toys prevents cross-platform play on Fortnite. So a lot of Fortnite players are logging into, logging into their Switch version of the game using the same account that they play on PlayStation and then it locks them out 
on their PlayStation, which is shitty and annoying for people who play Fortnite. A quick fix. Don't play Fortnite. There you end go. Of, oh end gosh. of the issue. That's issue so ridiculous, itself. though. Oh, it definitely it is. is. It's, yeah. It's um, outrageous. And so the commercial is really cool. Um, there's like sort of two panels throughout the commercial. One is Xbox green and one is Nintendo red. And it'll be like play together, craft together, survive together, you know, both showing up on different colored panels. And so it's like this really over the plate, very on the nose commercial where it's like, hey, we're doing things right and we're progressive and we're growing whereas somebody made sort of like a meme image of playstation one panel that's playstation blue and it says ps4 survive alone Um, and that's very fitting for sony's position and yeah like a couple former sony execs have come out and been like look it's about money everybody knows it there shouldn't be any speculation as to any other reason because it's just a money play which makes me nervous for the next generation for PlayStation because, I don't know, I think they got to change with the times kind of thing. You know, they are on top right now, but I think, and I, you know, this is a testament to uh, Microsoft's showcase at E3. I think Microsoft is investing in the future and they're looking forward. Nintendo is just like the crazy uncle that's down to do whatever. And so, I don't know, it's not a great look for PlayStation. I would like to think that they'd change their tune for the next generation. I think a big reason why they're not changing their tune this generation is because they're like, eh, we've sold like 80 million consoles. We have the player base. We don't really care if you can't play with your friends on Xbox with us because we already got the player base. We already won this generation. But I agree that they need to change their tune for the next generation because, as you can see, every other major system is going to be doing it. Like, yeah, they're on top now, but they were on top after PS2, and look how bad the PS3 started. So you really can't get, like, arrogant because it's pretty obvious, at least to me, that Microsoft has completely tapped out on this generation. Like, they even they barely even promoted their One X at E3. Like, yeah, you saw, like, this footage is runoff of One X, but they never, like, they weren't pushing the price drop. They weren't basically saying like you should go get a 1x they even dropped the nugget at the end they're like yeah we're working on the next gen which makes me believe that like yeah they're gonna put all their eggs into the next generation's basket so that's why they're starting with the new studios now yeah sure those studios don't have games yet they will and they're starting with the cross play agreements now as well so that way they they build for the future i think sony will have to will have to do it or else they need to have a very good lineup of Sony exclusive games every single year for the next their next generation console. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much going to have to guarantee some amazing games. But I mean like as a business aspect, it's your job to yes, keep your current clientele but also create more and future clientele. And I wouldn't be surprised, especially since every other game system is allowing cross-platform that this ends up being like the deciding factor is why someone might not get it. Like, why would I get this when I can get Xbox and play with PC and Switch and, you know, a variety of whatever my game, my friends may have, you know what I mean? They know exactly how they'll get those people. They'll announce (laughs) Horizon Zero Dawn 2. They'll announce Bloodborne 2. They'll announce like a new God of War, like all of these new games for the new Sony system. Like, that's how they'll do it. And like, they already do have the studios to back it up. So I, I, yeah, I exclusives hope, are a huge part of Sony's. Yeah, I just I hope they right do now. crossplay because honestly, like people are gonna buy a Sony for all those exclusives. So you might as well allow people to also play with their friends on Microsoft and Switch. Like, why is that such a big deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Super I feel like true. I'm in a state of like 
I want to blame them, but I can blame them because, like you said, all they have to do is release another Horizon Zero Dawn and they've clenched like multiple players. No, it's definitely true. And like the exclusives that Sony comes out with are console sellers. Like people have bought a PlayStation 4 Pro for God of War or they have bought a PlayStation 4 Slim for Horizon Zero Dawn, right? So they know what they know what they have to do. It would just be some amazing icing on the cake if they had cross-platform exactly it would just satisfy their fan base that's already there like it's exactly. such a small gesture it's the oh, same thing with backwards compatibility but we could talk about that another day yeah <laughs> right. that's a good point i mean to satisfy your your current customer base that's made you so much money already it kind of says something about the ethics of the company like you're not going to make this move because you know you see all this money in it versus you know it genuinely make ps4 users happy and for a company not to like want to make them happy but rather see the money before anything else like it's a business but like right well time will tell what uh the future holds for playstation and any cross-platform play potential so that was patch notes 6.24.18 where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke and as we almost always like to do, we try to fit it in every single episode. Sometimes it doesn't make it, but we want to give a shout out to a member of our community who has just been doing some rad shit and being a great, great person. So this week's community shout out goes to our good friend, Lonnie. Lonnie is actually Tulu Riot's wife, and she's fantastic. She's a wonderful part of our community. And She's got lots of jokes and memes, and she's great at Overwatch. Yeah, we had a nice chat last time I was streaming about uh, what our favorite snacks before the movie theater are. She's a fan of Bunch of Crunch, and I have to say, it's a great choice. That Bunch is a of Crunch choice. is a nice one to go with. So, shout out to you, Lonnie. You're the best. Keep being the best. We love you, and uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us so much. So, another thing I want to do is let everybody know that on July 20th, we have a very special and exciting event happening here in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Uh, we are teaming up with the fine folks at Xbox and uh, the In3 Incubator, which is an incubator and a co-working space here in D.C. for a fun-filled day of video gaming competition. We're going to be playing some fantastic games like Overwatch, FIFA, and Fortnite, if you're into that game, uh, and a whole <laughs> bunch of others. So more information to come. We're going to have live streams of it. We're going to have panels. We're doing a live podcast recording. Some folks from Mixer will be joining us as well. So keep an eye out. There's going to be more info coming, everything you need to know. But in the meantime, hold that date. July 20th. It's a Friday. Keep that open and keep your eyes peeled for some more exciting information. And before we close it out, Emily, thank you again. This was a delight. We're, oh gosh, we're so glad so we were much able to fun. do this. Yeah, this it was, was great. so much fun. I mean, I've been listening since, for example, when Toot Loot Riot was on. So yeah. it was only a matter of time. You know, I was really excited that you guys wanted me on. So flattered, sure. flattered to say the least. We're honored you, you would join us. We're glad you took the time. This was a lot of fun. For today. sure. One more time, tell, tell us where people can find you out, out there in the wild internet. Yes, if you guys want to hear me talk even more than I already have today, you guys can find me at E-M-I-L-Y-B-A-R-K-I-S-S. Again, I am on Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, and Periscope. So those are the places to find me, and maybe I'll see you guys in the future. Hell yeah. Yeah, go check out Emily's content. It's fantastic, and tell her Ombre Gaming sent you. So with that, folks... I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. If you did enjoy it, 
let us know. Find us on whatever platform you listen to, whether it's Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those other ones you listen to, and let us know how we're doing. And if you want to help us grow, if you want to join that list of amazing Patreon supporters, you can head over to patreon.com slash gaming and give us a buck or two, because it would go a whole long way, and it would mean the world to us. So if you want to help us grow and support us, you can do it there. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, We appreciate you, and we will talk to you very soon. Before we move on, I have to go get my laundry. Because I told my housemate I would have it out, and they have to put theirs in. It's a whole thing. Give me, like, two minutes. I'm going to go get the laundry, and then I'll be right back. Cool? Yeah. Go, go so get sorry your laundry. I'm doing this, but I just remembered. This is why we usually don't record on Sundays.